Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you demonstrated your love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God, we thank you for pouring out that love into our lives today. And we thank you that we can celebrate today because you have given us power over death, over evil, over everything that would come to challenge us and take away our joy in life. God, I thank you for the promise that Jesus one day is going to come back again. Just as you ascended into heaven, you're going to come back again and take us to yourself. And God, how I pray today as we open up your word and continue to worship you through the power of your word, that you would give us expectation, looking forward to that when you be glorified totally and you will glorify each one of us who put our faith and trust in you. God, thank you for this opportunity to celebrate you. Thank you for this opportunity to praise your wonderful name today. In Jesus' name now, we continue to worship. Amen. Amen. Well, we've said it before, but let me just say it again. Happy Easter. Uh, The Lord is risen. And I want to thank you for joining us in this great celebration, this great celebration time today. Chuck Lawless is one of my favorite professors and writers. A few years ago, I was in a retreat, and he was leading the retreat. He shared the story of how he first came to faith in Jesus Christ, how he first heard the gospel of Jesus Christ in his life. He came from a family of non-believers, and he was the first believer in his family. He said that a 12-year-old fanatical young boy made it his goal to win him to Christ. And his approach was very simple. He said every morning he met Chuck at the door of the classroom of school, and he said, Chuck, it's a good thing you lived through the night, because if you hadn't, you would be in hell today. (laughs) Now, that might not be the best approach to sharing Christ with someone, but it shares two things about this 12-year-old boy. Number one, he cared about his friend. And number two, he was bold in sharing his faith every opportunity that he had. See, death is one of the greatest fears that most people have. There's often a sadness associated with facing death. And the thought of death can be very unsettling to all of us. Fear, especially of death, is the opposite of peace. And so from the cross, Jesus Christ, we just sang about it, Jesus Christ looked out and he cried, it is finished. And then he died. The thought of death is something that sometimes can be frightening. And Jesus went through the jaws of death. He hung and died on the cross, and he actually died. But there's something very special about this death of Jesus. Jesus conquered death, and that's why we celebrate like we do on Easter Sunday. Jesus conquered death and overcame death and offers to you and me today... Peace instead of fear. 
Because when he conquered death, when he came out of that tomb, when he arose from the grave, he granted you and me a peace that passes all understanding. And we are free today to live in that peace because Jesus Christ is the King of peace. On that third day after the crucifixion on Friday, he arose from the grave. And so today, as we ended the service last week and we begin the service today, we join our hearts together and say together, let the party begin. Because today is a day of celebration. Today is a day of exaltation of the King of Kings and the King of Peace. Now my goal today is to lead us to catch the true spirit of the resurrection power and the peace of Jesus in our everyday life, in our normal walk in life. And I want you to have the same spirit when you leave here today as that 12-year-old boy had. That you will care about your friends and be willing to share Jesus and the love of Jesus with them. And that you will be bold in sharing the resurrection power and the resurrection peace of Jesus. So having said that, I invite you to open your Bible if you brought it today with me. If not, you can look at the screen because the words will be on the screen. And I'm going to share with us today the entire 20th chapter of the book of John because this is the story that changes all stories. This is the story that can literally change the story of your life and the direction of your life and how you face the fears that come at us in our everyday life. John chapter 20, I'll begin reading with verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head. Now lying with the linen cloth, but not, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciple, disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus was laying, one at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord. I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? 
Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he has said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, And said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. For if you forgive sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. And he said to them, Unless I see his hands, in his hands the mark of the nails... And place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. God, thank you for your word, and may it truly come alive in our hearts today, in Jesus' name, amen. So again, today is a day of celebration. Why should, we, why should we celebrate? Why do we have Easter anyway? Well, the resurrection gives us three things today to celebrate, and I just briefly want to look at them and encourage you today to put your trust in the three things that this passage and this story and the life of Jesus tells us about us. First of all, the resurrection gives us a new perspective. 
We see that in John chapter 20 and verse 1 where the Bible tells us that early on Sunday morning, after the crucifixion of Jesus on the Friday before, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Now this news is good news. In fact, it's too good to be true. Mark's gospel tells us that while the women were rushing toward the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus with the spices that they had put together to embalm and, and, and place upon the body of Jesus, they were asking the question as they walked along, who's going to move that big, big stone away from the tomb for us? See, these women had seen Jesus die on the cross on Friday. They had watched his lifeblood flow out of him. These women had followed Joseph of Arimathea to the, to the tomb. And they had watched the soldiers roll that big stone across the mouth of the tomb. And so the question these ladies were asking was a natural question. It was a good question. It was a, a normal question. Are you aware that, that, that life is a matter of perspective? You see, the perspective of these women was to be weary. We have this stuff. We love Jesus. We want to anoint His body, but we have no way to move this, this stone away from the mouth of the tomb to get in to anoint His body. And their perspective was a very natural perspective. Life is a continuous process of perspective. I'll give you an example. Last week, I pulled into the gas station and I bought gas for my car for $3.38 a gallon. And I thought I was getting a great deal. <laughs> Two years ago, if I'd pulled up and seen the price was $3.38, I would have thought I was being ripped off, right? I mean, life is a matter, a continuous process of perspective. And so these followers of Jesus had witnessed the agony of Jesus. They had seen the reality of a stone being rolled there in front of the mouth of stone. Their, their question was, who's going to roll the stone away from the tomb? I wonder today what, what challenges you. And recognizing where Jesus is and how he wants to reach out to you and empower your life and give you peace. I mean, there are real storms out there in every single one of your lives today, I'm sure. And you can have a perspective of this world and you can wring your hands and worry and fear and say, you know, what's going to happen to me if... Worry about huge boulders could potentially be keeping you from Jesus spiritually or emotionally or socially or financially or maybe in relationships that you have, maybe with your family, maybe in your marriage, maybe with parenting children. There potentially could be that perspective that there are huge boulders standing between Jesus and me and I can't get to Jesus because of the boulders. 
Are you aware today that the resurrection of Jesus is the way, the true way, the living way to peace in every real life circumstance that you face, in every real life fear even that you face? He has moved the stone away and you are free to deal with every struggle. Not through an earthly perspective, but through His resurrection perspective. And therein is the power of the resurrection for your life today. For example, your relationship with God is the key to your spiritual life. You can have total peace in your personal, everyday, walking, waking relationship with God when you look at Him through the resurrection perspective rather than the perspective of this world. You gain that perspective by trusting that when Jesus said, it is finished, and then three days later He arose from the dead, He moved the stone away that could potentially block you in your relationship with God. And in the security in the promise, in the peace that He offers in that very intimate, personal relationship with Him. You see, it's a matter of perspective. So what, what is your perspective today? Is your perspective that my problems are too big for me to handle? And you wring your hands and worry and worry and worry and worry about those problems? Or is it the power of the resurrection, the power of Jesus that moved that stone away from that grave, away from that tomb, can put you in a relationship with God that's real and personal and helps you to rise above every challenge, every fear, every circumstance that this world throws at you. The challenge of each struggle today is real. I'm not watering down the problems that you face, the struggles that you face. They are real. And, and some of them, in fact, most of them, are too heavy for you to carry on your own. If you live under the burden of that struggle, it will discourage you. It will make life look like it is hopeless. But thank God today there's another perspective and it's the perspective of the resurrected life of Jesus. And when you start recognizing Him and daily applying His resurrection power to your life, then you can have power and peace over any fear, any fear and every fear that comes your way. Again, we would all agree that death is probably the greatest fear that most people face. And fear is the opposite of peace. And because Jesus had victory over death, you can also have that new perspective as you walk through this life. The death may be physical that you fear. It could be relational. It could be financial. I don't know what, what death is looming and putting weight down on your shoulders in life, maybe even emotional. 
that you can now have this resurrection perspective that can give you victory through any kind of death that you face in life. Secondly, the resurrection not only gives us a new perspective, it also gives us a mission, a powerful mission. In John chapter 20, verses 2 through 18 that we read earlier, it explains to us that when Mary Magdalene saw the empty tomb, she ran to Simon Peter and John and told them that Jesus was not in the tomb. Again, she had seen the reality of the death of Jesus hanging on the cross, dying, being placed in the tomb, the stone being raised, rolled in front of the tomb. But now she sees that the tomb is wide open. She didn't fully understand, according to this text, but she had to tell her friends the good news. So Peter and John then had a foot race to the tomb, and John outran Peter to get there. And when he got there, he simply looked into the tomb. He didn't go into the tomb, but just as nature would have it, Peter's nature was to be aggressive. And when he got to the tomb, he stormed straight into the tomb. And when he got into the tomb, Jesus wasn't there. Verse 7 says, the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. John then went into the tomb, finally. And here's the key. The Bible said he believed. He believed what Jesus had predicted. Jesus was alive. He had resurrected from the dead. And this good news had to be shared. Believing the good news, yes, changes lives forever. But it will only change some lives if you and I are like Mary Magdalene or like John and, and Peter and we accept the good news of Jesus and the fact that He is risen from the dead. And we share that good news with the people around us. That's our, our mission. God's mission for you starts where it started with John. It starts by you believing. That's the central message of John's gospel. If you read the 21 chapters in John's gospel, here's what you're going to find. In 19 of the 21 chapters, Jesus interacts with people who are, um, who are blind and people who are handicapped, people who have severe issues with sin like adultery, like being married five times and the man that you're living with now is not even your husband. I mean, he interacts with real people in a real way in every single chapter in the book of John. And in every chapter, there's one key word, there's one key thought. And that is this. When they believed... Jesus, everything about their life changed. Everything changes when we believe. And that's what Jesus is inviting you and me to do today. For example, in John chapter 1 and verse 12, the Bible says to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 
In John chapter 2 and verse 22, when therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scriptures. And the word that Jesus had spoken, verse 23 of John chapter 2 says, many believed in his name. John chapter 3 and verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So what does it mean to believe? What does believe really mean? I've thought a lot about that this week, because it's the central message in the book of John. To believe in the terms that Jesus is using them here, and his disciples uses this term, is more than just believing facts. It's more than just an intellectual assent to something that actually happened. Believing the facts is not going to change your life. Believing the facts is not going to save you. Believing the facts is not going to change your life. What changes your life is when you believe to the extent that you put your total life and total weight in the life of Jesus. You make all of life about Jesus. That's what it truly means to believe. It means, yes, you understand that he went to the cross and he, he died for you. But it's so much more than that. It means that every day you believe that he has the power to help you overcome every challenge that you face. And he's going to walk with you through those challenges, maybe not to change them. In fact, maybe to allow Challenges to occur in your life so it will help you draw closer and closer and closer to Him. And when you walk through those challenges trusting Him, placing all the weight of your life in Him, then and only then have you truly believed. This is not a minor episode. This is a major episode in all of our lives. You make all of life about Jesus when you truly believe that He is who He said He was, that He is the way, the truth, the life, that He is the only way to God, the Father. So today I want to challenge you to put your weight of your life, put the weight of your life in the hands of Jesus. See, when you believe, here's what happens. You fall on Him rather than falling apart when challenges come your way. You fall on Him rather than falling apart. You put the full weight of your life, the full trust of your life, and anchor it in Him when you truly believe. In chapter 20 of John, verses 11 through 18, we see where the Bible describes Mary Magdalene weeping outside the tomb. See, she still hadn't got it yet at this point. She stooped and looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white, the Bible says, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They asked her why she was weeping. She said to them, they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. She turned around. And saw Jesus. But he did not, she did not know that it was Jesus. 
Then verse 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. Mary. In the resurrection power of Jesus today, wonder how many of your names he's calling out today. Maybe you've heard this story before. Maybe you're looking at it for the first time today. But I know this. There is a Savior who is alive, and there is a Savior who knows your name. And just like he called the name of Mary in the garden, and she recognized that it was Jesus, my prayer for you today is that you will hear the voice of Jesus calling your name. And your response will be like Mary's, Rabboni, teacher, Jesus, today I want you to teach me everything that I need to know about you so I can overcome every real life challenge that I have in this world with you holding my hand, with you walking before me, with you walking beside me, with you protecting behind me. Mary, Mary. Do you hear Jesus calling your name today? If so, respond as Mary Magdalene did. Because once you truly recognize and believe Jesus to be who he is, and once you recognize and realize Jesus to be the resurrected, living Savior that he is, you have an anchor in life that you can hold to who will never let you down. And at that moment, your mission becomes his mission. Your desire becomes his desire. You want everyone to know that he is the Savior who set you free from your sin and brought you into relationship with God that nobody else can do. Your struggles become his struggles. Your perspective becomes his perspective. And yes, your mission becomes his mission. We have, we have friends and families in this church who have relatives, children who are serving in missions in hard places around the world. They're being obedient to the mission that Jesus has given to take the gospel to the four corners of the earth, to take the gospel to every man, woman, and child on planet earth. That is just as true and just as relevant right here on the Grand Strand. We have people who are faithfully sharing the mission of Jesus. And I pray today that as you leave today, that will become your mission as well. Mary took the mission of Jesus seriously. Culture was against her. Nobody in the first century listened to the message of a woman. But she did not let that stop her from sharing the message. There, there may be factors, cultural factors, trying to keep you from sharing the mission of Jesus. And I encourage you today to be like Mary Magdalene and take the mission of Jesus seriously. Once you know him, once you believed him, then go and tell.
That's the mission that he's given to every believer. So what do you have to tell? What do you have to share? That leads us to our final point today. The resurrection gives us a message. It gives us a new perspective. It gives us a mission. And it gives us the message that the world most needs to hear today. In verses 19 to 30 in John's gospel, Jesus appeared to his followers with a very clear message. Three different times he said to them, Peace be still. What did he mean by that? Why did he continue to give his disciples that message? Verse 20, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, they are withheld. The message of Jesus gives peace. And when we carry out the message of Jesus, even in the most difficult circumstances, when the message is shared in the power of the Holy Spirit, lives are changed. That's the message that Jesus has given. He's given us the opportunity to effectively know Him, believe in Him, and then share Him with those around us. And whether you're a 12-year-old boy or a 120-year-old man or woman, the message of the good news of the gospel, when shared in the power of the Holy Spirit, not only will change your life, but it can change the lives of those that you share the message with. Thomas was not not there in the room with the disciples when Jesus appeared. And down in verse 26, again, Jesus looked at Thomas, and Jesus said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put your hand in the place in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me. And yet I believed. Is that you today? Have you come to that place in your life where you have truly put the weight of your life in the hands of of Jesus true life comes by believing in the resurrection and the peace that Jesus has to offer and that's what we recommend to you today verse 30 Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name so four things first believe in Jesus today and receive his forgiveness and once he has forgiven you then be willing to talk about it Secondly, believe Jesus today and receive 
His peace. There's no need to go around in life in fear. You have the peace offered you through the message of Jesus. So take that message and share it with the lonely. Thirdly, believe in Jesus today and receive that peace. Receive His peace. And live and share His message today. Even in the midst of responding to the craziness that's going on in our world. And then finally today, believe in Jesus today. And receive His power in your life. Then you can demonstrate that power by daily living more and more and more and more like Jesus. Jesus is the King of Peace. And I pray today that He's your King. So how can I wrap this up this morning? How can I draw this together? There's a, there's a verse of Scripture in Galatians. It says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It's no longer I who live. Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Who gave himself for me. Live life today by totally submitting to the King of Peace. How do you do that? Well, look at a cross. When you see a cross, let the center of that cross remind you that Jesus loved you and died for you. And just like the center of the cross reminds you of the fact that Jesus loves you, it also should remind you that you believe in Jesus and you will have life. And then you continue to grow in loving Jesus and sharing Jesus with His mission and His message. The foot of the cross reminds us to live in His Word daily and let His Word encourage us, continue in His Word The top of the cross reminds us that we can pray in faith every day and know that Jesus is with us. The right side of the cross reminds us that we have a fellowship of believers like the church that you need to be a part of to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. And then the left side of the cross reminds us that we have a world out there that needs to hear the gospel. So let's go and tell and be faithful to that mission that Jesus has given us. I don't know about you, but I want to be like that 12-year-old boy. I want to care about people to the point that I'm willing to share the truth about Jesus with them. And I want to be bold in sharing that message from the mission that Jesus has given me. And I pray that this Easter will, will be a catalyst to Never having another Easter like this one where you wonder where peace comes from. Because peace comes in your personal relationship with Jesus. And I pray today that you won't leave without knowing Him. God, thank you today that when you bowed your head on the cross and gave that last breath after saying, it is finished. That was just the beginning. (laughs) That on the The third day after dying on the cross on Friday, on Sunday morning, you arose from the grave to give us power. 
and to give us peace. And I pray that every person here today will celebrate because you came out of that tomb, because you came out of that grave, and help us today to come out of our graves as well. And begin, maybe for the first time in our life, or maybe in a renewed way, to live a life that's totally at peace with you and at peace with others because we know, we know personally the resurrected Lord and Savior of our life, Jesus Christ. In His name we continue to worship now. Amen.